Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me on Discord, as always, it is my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua Gangsta Time. Go. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, everybody listening? Glad you're here. Yeah. Also joining us is the disembodied voice of our producer. It is Edgelord Big News Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, buddies. Oh, my goodness. Why does it always feel like so long since the last time we've done an episode? Uh, I am so happy to be back. Uh, we got uh, we got some stuff to go through, uh, so let's get into plugs right away. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? JD Cole underscore thirty seven. That's on Instagram as well. Oh yeah, Brian. Brian. My uh, bad. Sorry, I was on. Okay, you can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Oh, yeah. And I should also note that the dot in b.esp is on, is like spelled out. It's not literal. It's not like a period. It's an actual DOT. So there you go. Um, you can follow the show itself at DOT. Yeah. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter especially because we do a really good chapter of the week audience poll that you guys can participate in and tell us what you thought about this week's uh, manga, uh, whether you uh, what which one's your favorite is what I mean. Uh, we do it every week, so get on it. Uh, you can email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to uh, talk to us about. You can hit us up on there, or you can comment on whatever video you're watching. Uh, it would uh, it would pretty much help us out with the algorithm if you do it that way. Uh, and while you're at it, why not subscribe? Why not do that? Uh, subscribe, like, share the video, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah. Oh, also, you could if you want prefer the audio version of the pod, uh, you can check us out on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on there. So check us out on any of those platforms and uh i believe that's it uh without further ado let's get into the show proper uh one piece one piece one piece <laughs> this is one piece chapter 1027 danger beyond manage imagining uh Last we left off, uh, Luffy and uh, Momonosuke pulled up to the battle, and uh, they and Luffy literally split the clouds uh, in a hockey clash with Kaido, allowing uh, Cat Viper and uh, Dog Storm to eliminate uh, Prospero and Jack from the battle. Uh, and I guess uh, as this chapter opens up, uh, they've reverted back to their normal forms after, I guess, Cat Viper shut his eyes to the moon. Uh, I don't know why they would do that. I guess they're done fighting. Like, I guess they're tired. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a limit to Sulong form. Honestly. I think Sulong, Sulong form takes a lot out of people, I think. That's okay. why um, Carrot doesn't use it very often. That's why they she was just training and stuff like that. I see. Sulong form is like very primal. Okay. It's a primal ability, so yeah. they could lose themselves in it sometimes, I guess. Yeah, I buy it. I'm here for it. Um. 
So, yeah, the heavens are split open. Luffy and Kaido are staring each other down. Uh, Yamato's in the back just bleeding, like, ah! <laughs> Ow! All of a sudden. And uh, it turns out that the Thunder Bagua exchange that she had with Kaido, uh, oh, sorry, he uh, had with Kaido, uh, hurt him more than it looked because he is just bursting out bleeding all of a sudden. Um, so Luffy yells out to Yamato, calls him Yamao. Yamao! Yamao! <laughs> and uh, orders uh, Yamato to go uh, help out that coward, which is Momonosuke. Who's just <laughs> in the corner somewhere, which is really funny. Um, and he's like, I'm not a coward. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at that point, Kaido's like, Momonosuke. So he uh, he starts immediately chasing after uh, Momonosuke. Uh, but Yamato comes in and blocks his attack real fast. Uh, Luffy does like wraps his legs threefold around Kaido's neck. And drags him off. Yeah, I haven't like, seen him do some shit like that in a minute. Yeah, it's been like a while. Like Mr. Fantastic, uh, <laughs> stretchy power guy. Yeah, the fantastic application. You know, just, yeah, I got you. Uh, so, you know. Wait, time out. What? At this point, just real quick, we're not having a huge discussion about it. Do you still, where do you have in the Luffy verse? Uh, Mr. Re- uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Dr. Reed. Oh. They go head to head in a death match. Yeah, I think it's still Luffy. Okay. Even over Reed's scientific exploits and all of that? Well, it depends. Does Reed have all of his scientific shit with him? Or is it a straight up death battle? People are allowed Luffy to have gadgets and stuff. Luffy mollywops this guy. I, don't I mean, like, Mr. Fantastic could, like, Go like put objects in a pocket dimension and, and access them. Yes. So in theory, he has most of his like at least offensive slash like his combat like like uh specific gear. Mm. He probably has like access to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but Luffy could act like somewhat see into the future. So <laughs> Luffy true. could for sure not be him in a fight one on one without even once hockey got put into the situation. Reed. It was pretty, you know, once he got armament, in my opinion, it was kind of slow for Reed. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, you know, both of them could fight really well. But the hockey is just that X factor in any matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I still think, like, Luffy wins because Mr. Fantastic, even though he has, like, all these powers, they're not the same as Luffy's in the way that, like, blunt force still hurts Mr. Fantastic. You know, like... Is it? Yeah, I don't think his. He could take, but he could take hits though. Well, that's the thing. It's not I that it seen doesn't him. hurt him, but he can really, you know what I'm. I mean, he's taking hits from the thing, from the Hulk. Has he? You know, heavy hitters and the yeah. Hmm. He's definitely fought the thing who scales to the Hulk, hmm. at least at you know, until it gets to crazy, incredible extents. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think like Luffy just has like too many tricks up his sleeve. And he's also just stronger. Like, he's also just, like, a better fighter. I I haven't seen Mr. Fantastic fight too often. He's also old. (laughs) He's, like, 43. Luffy's, like, (laughs) Well, I think it'd be getting prime Dr. Reed, but whatever. (laughs) I guess even... I mean, he's always been... When he gets his power, he's already grown as AF. Yeah, he's always... He's probably, like, 32 when he got his powers or something. 
Probably got arthritis in the wrist or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not good. He's not good, right? His knees are buckling immediately. First punch. Right. So, 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 so we got Luffy. We got Luffy in there. I got Luffy. Could, I mean, bad. I don't know. I'm sorry. Hey, comment below. What do you guys think? I, it, we could be wrong. I don't know. And uh, please explain your reasoning. Why hasn't that death battle happened yet? You would think it would by this point. I think Dr. Reed is is durable just like Luffy is rubber-wise. It's just that the hockey is going to hit through it. And Dr. Reed doesn't have hockey. He could try to freeze Luffy or something, but he's got to catch that nigga first. Yeah. Uh, Luffy, <laughs> Luffy can't be frozen, remember? He has, he can literally heat himself up. Excuse? Oh, yeah. No. Can he? He can be <laughs> well, frozen. Luffy he can literally heat himself up. Gear second, like, Red Hawk. Wait, wait. What if he's hit with some, like, He was frozen by Ai- Aokiji. That was before he got gear second. Mm. Mm. You're right. I don't know, man. Dr. Reed could, get, could, could make some real high technical, like, you know, freeze ray that would catch him. Yeah. I don't I know. Think it's, he, just has to ha- he just has to catch him. <laughs> I all think right, it's possible. All right. well, we, all got one, we all got Luffy on it. Yeah, I think it's still Luffy. I don't know. But we could be wrong. Uh, so Yamato and uh, Momonosuke all fly off. Um Yamato explains that like, yo, you can grab, you can grab onto the fucking clouds and fly, because that's how dragons fly. They don't fly any other oh, way. Like, what? <laughs> how cool is that? Yeah. Uh, so you know, Yamato's basically steering Momonosuke around. Um, the island of uh, Onigashima is basically collapsing around them as it's flying. Um, so you know, Yamato sees this as like, wait a minute. Kaido, does that mean that Kaido's power is weakening? So, I guess it would be pretty difficult to... He's losing his life force. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it would be pretty difficult to maintain the dragon clouds and fight so many people. An emperor level. Yeah, an emperor emperor level. Person and a, I guess... Their kid. Uh, Kaido's been fighting, like, for a long time. Captain level? Yeah. Um... You, you talking about generally in life, or you mean like no, like this now. whole entire okay. invasion? <laughs> yeah, I mean practically yeah. nonstop. I mean, it could be both. He could he he definitely fought more than the average. All his life, yeah, his entire life. <laughs> uh, so you know, basically, Momonosuke tries to headbutt the shit away to make sure, like, try to stop the the island from floating, but um, Momon- uh, Yamato instructs him to. Um, make more dragon clouds and pull the island away that way. You know, um, basically just like, we got to do this right now because if the island falls, everyone will perish, friend and foe alike. Um, so, you know, he, it, Momonosuke suggests that maybe we should get Luffy and just bounce. And she's like, fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like get Luffy to solve the problem. Yeah. I <laughs> think He's like, you can't bother him right now. Yeah. That was some real shit. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we cut over to the performance floor in the Skull Dome as King and Zoro are going at it. Uh, Boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> Oda never ceases to amaze me with his application <laughs> of fucking animal powers. Specifically. How so? I think... <laughs> Bro, look how he's using his wings to carve people up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like a hindrance, but he's like, it's deadly. It makes it scary. Like, he really sells the 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 might of these animals. But yeah. you think, like, what the fuck is a pterodactyl going to do with all, these, <laughs> with all of this shit going on? And 
Oh, he oh, this shows us. This is what it's. <laughs> He's like, this is what para- this is what pterodactyls do. They slash when people they're pissed with their wings. Uh, he he knocks Zoro through a wall, uh, right where Frankie's at. So Frankie makes a pretty clutch catch, uh, of Zoro. Um, and uh, he's basically Frankie asks like, "Yo, damn, you need help, bro?" Uh, and Zoro's like, "Nah, I got it." Um, meanwhile, King on the outside is getting yelled at by Queen, and he's like, "You sliced my butt!" And he's like, "I wish I sliced your neck." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Telling all my secrets. Yeah, fucking blabbing. <laughs> Singing to all these people about my past. Uh, so it turns out that Zoro has managed to damage King's mask, and nobody knows what King's, King actually looks like. So he is pissed off. Uh, he's like, no, I wear this BDSM gear for a reason. No one must <laughs> see my face. <laughs> Uh, so Zoro asked him kindly to allow him to die by the sword. <laughs> yes. Well, first, to which King responds, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Well, first he tells Frankie to leave, and Frankie's like, "Okay." Uh, so King just lunges forward with the Imperial Archer. Zoro tries to co- uh, counter it, but uh, that power is too strong. Uh, so he blasts off through the next room he flies out of through the like jaw of the onigashima skull thing uh yeah do the cheekbone yeah and uh, and he gets hit again so zoro uses the pure force of his two sword style clear lance to guide himself back onto land uh, <laughs> and then he that this is where he asks king to uh let him die by the sword and King says, I'd ask the same of you. Uh, well, he says to show a little respect, and he says, I'd ask the same of you. But he never says that he will allow him to die by the sword. No, course. he does not necessarily state that he will let him die by the sword. Uh, you want to give your thoughts first, or can I? Um, Sure. You got something really? Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, so, I, I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I thought you meant. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I actually don't have many thoughts. I thought this was a really cool chapter uh, in general. Like you said, making King as a pterodactyl threatening is a pretty impressive feat by Oda, even. But I guess he's made soap somewhat threatening. So I guess. No, he didn't make it threatening. <laughs> he's, he's made it somewhat I threatening. I it and it was very <laughs> yeah. silly. Yeah, well, you wouldn't laugh if you were caught by that shit. You'd be too slippery to laugh. Yeah. So, you know, you're right. It's 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 hilarious when you're not experiencing it. But I'm sure Nami <laughs> was not having a great time. I'm sure she would prefer to be not that clean. Right. <laughs> but and that is horrifying. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. We got uh to see little snippets of Luffy versus Kaido. Um we got to we already knew this kind of about the dragons of One Piece where they don't where uh, the dragon clouds are a pretty significant reason for them being able to fly as opposed to them just being dragons um but it's a cool mechanic that was news to me yeah i mean they explained them a little bit because when kaido made the island fly in the first place where they were like the dragon clouds are what levitate things uh yeah this this is a thing with one piece too it always comes down to a race against the clock uh with every arc 
You know, there's always yeah. something about to explode or something is about to go down. Someone's they kind of did this in Fishman Island where um where Noah's Hody Ark. Yeah, where they were gonna drop Noah's Ark on um on Fishman Island. They did it with the birdcage. The birdcage. Yeah. This reminds me of uh Ultra, Age of Ultron. The uh the the cloud thing uh from punk hazard um running away from big mom uh the buster call in any lobby i like this though it it's it's a good way to set stakes oh yeah know? i didn't say i didn't like it i just think i i just noticed the trend that oda really likes yeah. to put races against the trend. Clock. it would make for a good video game too yeah soy boys will definitely harp on it though yeah <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> Did you say soy boys would definitely harp on it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, that. That's just one thing I noticed with every One Piece arc, which is not a bad thing, of course. I just think it's uh, kind of interesting that it always comes down to something like this. Um, but Josh, what were your thoughts? You have a you have a big thought to get across, right? No, not even. I just was beat out of. Well, I just had wanted to. Um make it clear that Zoro is only struggling so much because he was fighting against this nigga in the air. King, he's at least at King's level or right below or right above. They're right, they're, they're all pretty, they're probably virtually even, but he has a clear advantage in the air, which is why Zoro was getting like tossed around and shit. Yeah. All agreed. It's not about him getting overwhelmed. It's just... I mean, Zoro also did just come off of a fight against two emperors and did a lot of work. But so. they revived him. They did, but he I don't think he's full health and shield. Here's something interesting I noticed just now. If you really zoom in to King's like face, the little part that is not uh, covered by his mask, mm-hmm. you see there's like a little design underneath on his skin. It looks like a vine of some sort. What if he has goofy eyebrows like Sanji? That, I mean, I don't know what the significance of that would be, but... Well, it would explain why Sanji can set himself on fire. If Sanji's a Lunarian, and this guy also has weird oh. eyebrows. That's why people are theorizing that Luffy is also probably Lunarian, too. I don't know if he's Lunarian. Because Luffy can... He literally has an ability that well, sets his fist on fire. Well, well maybe, but... That is, and he can heat up his blood too. Here's the gear thing: second, like the gear second stuff. Can Rayleigh do it too? The gear second oh, stuff no, is mind. that's Luffy's ability. No, the gear second stuff is like kind of fake sciency type shit. The reason that he's he heats up during gear second is that the blood rushes through his skin so fast, or through his veins so fast that like the friction creates steam coming off his body. All right, but what about Red Hawk then? I don't know about Red Hawk, <laughs> but it's not that his. <laughs> I think it's kind of like air friction that like he he bounces his fist back so fucking fast that it literally scorches his his arm. I think that's what Red Hawk is more than anything. It's just like his when he stretches it out and pulls it back, the fucking force, the air friction is just so fast. It's like coming down from space and landing and crash landing somewhere. You're like on fire. I it'll be crazy if Luffy is all these things. You know, it can't be. A Lunarian well, I mean, too. I mean, we don't know what his, where his mom is from, so maybe it's not hey. out of the question. Yeah, 
but I almost refuse. <laughs> it, I wouldn't. He can't be every. It can't be a Naruto situation where he's got like the blood of forgotten people as well. You know, is it more like yeah, where he's like the secret, the secret cool uh, family that he used to belong to. Healing clan. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say absolutely not to the possibility. I guess because you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but also, I'm like I, I hope I almost hope it's not the case. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a ton of thoughts on, on One Piece this week. I thought it was a fun action chapter. Um, I wonder if we're gonna get like a. This is gonna be Zoro solo battle next week. Maybe we'll. Yeah, and I'm really excited that solo battles are coming back, dude. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, for Zoro and Sanji in them, it's been yeah, a while. We got one for Frankie. Do you think these chapters will be better than anything MHA can put out? <laughs> I mean, this is—I feel like this is where One Piece excels, you know. So, and if One Piece is a legendary series, then yeah, of course, it is a legendary series. Never forget. I would agree. Um, that's all I got to say about it, though. Um, do we have a, do we have any final cl- uh, thoughts before we move on? I'm just so happy to have a Zoro 1v1 where he's actually like back against the ropes a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen Zoro struggle and you know it's nice to see it when it when it happens. Yeah, he was struggling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> when? This this chapter? Oh yeah, this chapter it was a <laughs> This chapter was a bit much. He was getting his ass whooped. What if he just gets up and is like I'm fine? Well, he is kind of fine. Like by Zoro's standards, Zoro takes the biggest ass whoopings of anybody besides maybe Luffy. Yeah, he'd be alright. He's a tank. Yeah, he's a big old tank. Um, Everyone thinks he's a swordsman, but really he's a tank with swords. Yeah. No, oh, I agree. Um, but all right, I suppose we should move on. Uh, let's go. My hero, Academia. This is My Hero Academia, chapter 328, No Man is an Island. Uh, we start with a flashback about a month ago uh, we, it, when the Tartarus uh, invasion happened and, uh, and One for All was taken out. Oh, one for, All for One. God damn it. I can never get it right. <laughs> ah! Oh, I spiked a little bit there. Sorry. Get it together, Chris. Oh, I'm a professional. What, I are swear. you a Lunarian? <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I'm. I didn't mean to be a lunarian there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, at the Tartarus, uh, while it was being fucked up by uh, all for one, uh, we get a glimpse of this weird, goofy oh, barefoot God. man just walking around, going like, "Women, give me women!" I'd never <coughs> thought I'd see the day until I started collecting females again. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, around the corner, Stain comes through and slashes this guy's throat. Uh, thank goodness, because uh, <laughs> this guy was weird. Uh, so yeah, Stain is like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Uh, he is very uh surprised to see what's happening. Uh, and he's just wandering around the prison as everybody's escaping. Um, and he comes across this uh security guard who is just on the ground, just hugging this little thing. He doesn't know what it called. He says he's clutching something else, like a babe in his arms. And I'm like, damn. Why are you staying so poetic, dude? Um, 
Stain tries to take it out of the guy's hand, and the guy is like, why grab this and not a weapon? And he's like, I guess, deep down, he's like, because I'm Stain, bitch. But outwardly, he says, I require information. Um. So, yeah, the guard, in his dying words, is like, Chizome Akaguro, you worked with Shigara. This is not for you. Shigara. Shigara. This <laughs> is not for you. And Stain's like, oh, so it's something important, obviously. Ooh, so I'll <laughs> definitely be thinking that. Yoink. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks. <laughs> Whoopsie. And he takes it. He's like, store data, huh? And uh, the security guard picks up his gun. And he's like, stop it. That must reach the right people. Give it, that. give it back. Not for you. Must do my duty. And um, Stain is like, rest assured, your conviction, your conviction will reach the right man. Um, and as this shit starts caving in on this poor guy, he asks uh, Shigara. Uh, he asks Stain if he's Shigara. Shigara. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he asks uh, Stain if he's a man or a beast, and Stain says, "I'm merely an ally to the world as it should be, but a beast all the same." Um, and I guess like we we get this one panel of uh, all for one, just like yes, <laughs> I've broken out of prison. Um, so you know we know the rest of the story. He goes and he finds All Might and gives him this information. Uh, and after uh after talking with Deku, uh, All Might goes over to the police department and hangs over hands over the information to Sukauchi. Um, the Random detective. Mouse man? Hmm? No. Oh, that's not the mouse man. No, he's the random regular cop that uh, we've seen across the series. Um, he's all uh, he's all gritty now because he's been dealing with the post-apocalypse. Oh, shit. He's got a beard now, barely. That guy. Hmm. <laughs> Policeman? Or oh. traitor. Um. So yeah, a, a lot of this is dialogue. Um, basically, and over explanation so that there's no plot holes about how Shigaraki and this guy could have been communicating, and how they are going to use that against them. Yeah. Um, Does that he, summarize it? Yeah. Uh, he explains that. Uh, That's all. He explains three pages to do. I mean, to be fair, there's a little bit more. Like, uh, All Might explains that um, the way One for All, uh, yeah, One for All works is that there are vestiges of the previous users within One for All, uh, including All Might himself, but it's not a two way channel. Like, all of All Might's knowledge and experience goes into the uh, aura that is his, his personal aura that is within One for All, but it doesn't relay back to him. So, you know, it they're theorizing that uh all for one's connection is somehow a little stronger than that, that they're able to communicate um easier than one for all can. Um which is annoying. <laughs> I can see how that would be annoying to deal with. Uh but yeah, apparently they've gotten some weird waveform data that lied to them about how long it would actually take Shigaraki to uh, have his perfect body. Um, they thought it would be 38 days, 
but it turns out that uh, his vessel will be co- complete in three days' time. Time out. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong. Just one chapter ago, we were told that there's a month left. Yeah, just about a month. And in the very next chapter, where it's essentially the same day, a month hasn't passed, right? Mm-hmm. This is the same day that they thought that they had a month. Give or take. A day now, or that, right, maybe within the same week, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, roughly. Yeah. Now, what they really have is three days. Yes. Remember? It could have been true. I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to make two callouts. All right, two predictions. Number one, there will be no training arcs of any sort. Zero, nothing. Best we're gonna get is little flashbacks of the training that was done. You know, in the meeny tiny. What couple of, like maybe month or so that Deku was out being a dirty a dirty boy, right? <laughs> so outside of that, right? And my second prediction is that this series will not exceed five hundred chapters. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I don't think it'll. Exceed. I don't know. I still feel like there's a lot of shit that they have to tie up. Like I don't know how the foreign. Um, the foreign heroes are still going to work out yet or how they're going to play into the story. I think there's still a lot that can still be seen for a while in my hero. Like just because Shigaraki is going to come out sooner than expected. Doesn't mean that the series is going to end sooner than expected. Before we get into that, we should finish this chapter, I guess, because uh, we, from this information, we cut over to the UN. It looks like, um, where there is a secret council of important people talking amongst each other about how big of a fucking shitstorm this has become. Uh, and All Might, uh, All for One, is not just a threat in Japan. He has connects all over the world, so everyone's getting involved. Uh, there's this sarcophagi-looking motherfucker who's like, my, my nation's hero, Salam, is quickly using patience. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's just raring to get out there and I don't know where this lion man is from, but he's like, the same goes for our hero, big red dot. (laughs) 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 He looks like the guy from one piece. Uh, Uh, he, uh, Pedro, um, he looks like a man. Peckums. Peckums, Yeah. 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 (laughs) He looks like, uh, yeah, he's like, ah. I, wh- one thing I'll say about My Hero Academia hero names is that they are they don't always feel like superhero names. Uh, it's it's very bizarre. Big Red Dot. I can't wait to see him. I hope he shows up. I need to see who Big Red Dot is. I'm sure they will. I hope so. Imagine how lit it would have been if like we got to see the conflicts in these other countries and had little arcs dedicated to like Maybe a couple of things going on outside of Japan, all while the kids were training and stuff. I'll tell you what, we just might. Oh, I don't think we will, but let's see. Step into the grand tour. I have a theory. Wait, we're not there oh, yet. 
save until the end. Okay, so the chapter leaves off uh, as, I guess, uh, a certain all-shrouded-in-darkness man ha- ta- tells them that their hero already left. She couldn't sit around any longer, so she just took every, she just skipped out on everything and flew off. And we cut over to the skies where there are these big uh, military planes and a single woman riding on top. Uh, and uh, she's basically like, this mission's guaranteed for, to get the green light anyway. Besides, the request came from All Might himself. My master's in a pickle. Why wouldn't I think twice? As we're introduced to the U.S. of A's Amer- uh, number one hero, Star and Stripe. Uh, and she's drawn in a very similar fashion from All Might. Uh, she's got the very thick ink lines going on. Uh, she has kind of the same hair. The smile. Yeah. And, the same. yeah. Uh, and that's where this chapter ends. Uh, well, that was interesting. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. My thoughts are pretty succinct as well on this one. I was, I was really happy to see uh, a hint at the greater world of My Hero Academia being explored. Um, I hope that really does come to fruition. I hope we do get to see heroes from uh, other countries come together and do this. I think that's a great way to build up the cast. Um, overall, I, I half of this chapter is just like informational stuff, like uh, expositional things that I didn't really like. I wasn't like thrilled about, but this last couple pages kind of made this chapter a little worth it, um, in my opinion. But those are all my thoughts, really. Um, who who wants to go first? I suppose. I'll let Josh go first. I don't got nothing to say. I said what I had to say. <laughs> Did you? I didn't okay. even hear what you said. Yeah. So um, first, I'd like to start with my theory. Mm-hmm. I think that Deku's dad is um, part of the secret UN or whatever for Japan, representing Japan. Mm. That's my. So why does that matter? Because <laughs> I feel like there's no reason for them to shadow up everything in in the UN unless there's a like an important character there representing Japan. I think it would be cool. I think it would make sense for Deku's dad to be the one to be representing since he's just known as somebody who's overseas, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't know so, if he's. Uh... And, and what would be cool about that, in your opinion? Jesus like, what would that reveal do for you personally? And do I you think, think I think story? I think it would open up a lot more of the world for My Hero Academia because Deku's dad is like connected to not just to Japan; he's connected to the world. So that means if Deku learns about his dad, that would be a perfect opportunity for them to open up the borders to just not being in Japan and start spreading out to other parts of the world and shit. That would be dope. So, so Deku's dad would equal potential for world building. Yeah, for more world and building. Exploring and that. Explore and yeah, getting out of Japan. After, the, after they deal with all for one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like I my, I feel like what they're going to lead, what the series is going to end up becoming is um Deku having to not just be the number one hero in Japan to having to be the number one hero in the world. So like he would have to go to other countries and shit and fight hero fight villains there and stuff, you know? I think that would You want to you want to hear my my response to that? I feel like All for One was already the greatest hero in the world. Um and if Deku you know, could beat No, All Might, yeah, yeah, right. 
And if Deku can be all for one, who is the greatest villain in the entire world that's been stated already, that would already make Deku the number one hero in the world. I mean... Do you agree? Well, I would... I think that depends on what Big Red Dot can do. <laughs> You're right about that, man. I mean, he is the number one hero in... Uh, Somewhere. One of those countries. In, in Lion Land. One of those. In Lion. <laughs> lion no land. Oh, yeah. I think it would be dope if Deku's dad is is like a like a representative right. of Japan. Well, that would be dope. Here's and that would make sense. Deku's dad does and have a quirk. would give Deku a visa so he could, like a passport so he could go travel. Deku does have, Deku's dad does have a quirk. he couldn't do that off his own accord, right? Is there like some kind of law in Japan where you need your parents and government to? I mean, I don't know, man. Have a I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about you. There's a lot of things <laughs> I don't know about Japan. No, I think it's possible. I don't know if he's necessarily part of the UN, but Deku's dad does have a quirk, and he does work overseas. Apparently, he's like alive and around and out there somewhere. So it's possible. Hope he's a really cool hero. He can breathe fire. That was his quirk. I don't think he's a hero. What? I really think he's he's more. He, I think he's more fit to become a politician than a hero. I think we would know that though. I think like it would it would be a bigger like a bigger deal and necessary. Like it wouldn't look like Deku's mom is just a single mom. Basically, I feel like we would. I mean, it would be so hard to hide like this. when your dad is part of the UN. You know, maybe maybe. It's not. Maybe it's frowned upon to try to use heroes as military uh, resources, like that you can mobilize to like different countries and shit. You know, maybe, maybe there's like a there's like some um, laws against it or some shit, or maybe there's some secrecy behind it. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think like there's a reason that Horikoshi has stated that he can breathe fire and that he's just out in the world somewhere. That would be a waste if we go this entire series and we don't see Deku's father at all, him being alive and just out there. Um, um do you think that there's a reason that Horikoshi wants to hurry up and finish this series? I don't know. Maybe he's just at the end of his rope here. Maybe he's like, this is as far as I've always wanted to take it. You know. Are there any new one shots coming out by no. him recently? No, he would have to finish yeah. this series in order to actually have a one shot going right now. He's... Bench came out after Naruto was finished? Yeah. He didn't fucking do it. Well, I thought just... it was during. No. He did he did Naruto and then he did Bench. Damn. All right, all right, all right. I don't know, right. man. Look, Bleach's final arc was like <laughs> two years. <laughs> You remember and how it long was that shit? All bad. Well, <laughs> but no, nah, I know, I know, I know what you're trying to say. But just because it's in its final arc doesn't mean that we can't get a lengthy ass final arc. That yeah. could even be five fucking years or something, you know? Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't see that being the case, but I would love for that to be so. Dude, I'll tell you I'd what, really I, be happy. I, I wonder what how you how if it would have been different for you if like that one chapter wasn't named the final act begins. I wonder if you didn't. Is that my fault, bro? I don't know. I feel like you're in the comic. I feel like at this point, like yeah, this is about to happen. Well, I think you're very hung up on that in a weird negative way because like I would I rather hung up on it in a weird negative way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, all right, all right. 
I don't think it's all bad. It's weird. I would Can't rather negative. Look, here's the thing is that a lot of manga end poorly. So like I would rather him end it in a way where he wanted to and hopefully Jump is not like going to push him into another arc that he doesn't want to do. I would rather he be satisfied with his ending and end it in a way that he wanted to than go down the road that so many manga go down where they have to do just like this weird extra arc. Like I Shield 21 did it. Yu Yu Hakusho did it. Uh, Naruto, Nar- I mean, I don't know if Naruto did it, but Bleach felt like that was what was going on there. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I-, I don't think endings are all bad. I know it's just sad. I know you're just like disappointed. It's like, he's like leaving. He's like, you're leaving me. <laughs> like Jonathan Hickman? <laughs> Why? Yeah. It's, it's... Just keep making comics for free, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. That's why Horikoshi has no excuse. He's getting paid for it. Why stop? Well, he's not stopping, technically. I know. It's not over yet, Josh. You need to look at these chapters with just like a new lens and pretend that it's not ending, if it helps. I was, but he keeps pressing it. It's not really. We told him to give hard dates. I'll say this. Well, imagine we would have got shocked. Oh, shit, it was actually three days, and this is how it led to that. Well, this was a shock. I didn't know it would be in three days. Oh, my God. They talked about it in the safe room. No, they said they it would be two months. It. They said it would be two months. They had a briefing that. about it. Yeah. I didn't know before that it was going to be three days. You know, that was a surprise. You know what? I think you're right. I think you're right, Josh. That's actually something I, I think would have been smarter. Is if like it was a shock that Shigaraki was out early instead of just us knowing like right away? They could have done the backwards thing. And oh, it's like, I see what you mean now. These were the seeds I planted, and you know I don't know. He, not every story has to be that way, but like well, I feel like he had done stuff like that before. You know, like yeah. he is capable of that of of kicking it up to that gear. Well, now that I know what you're talking um, about, I agree. I think you're right about that. Um, I misunderstood before, but I get that. I, I agree with that for well, sure. Well, I was also genuinely, generally, I mean, generally bitching about the pacing and stuff as per usual. So I can't blame you. Yeah. Right. But no, yeah, I, I think it could have been executed better, but uh, and who knows? We'll see. We'll see. After Shigaraki's out, he could just decide to not do much right now because he's like, I still don't know what I'm doing with these powers. So I got to train myself. Yeah. What if he has beef with all? You know what? That might be an actual thing where they actually have a fight within themselves, where there's some type of inner turmoil. And if he kills Shigaraki and takes over his body, Deku's going to really have an attitude, man. <laughs> yeah, he's really going to be pissed. Yeah, even more so than he is now. Yeah, maybe that's what happens. Maybe at some point, like, this final battle, quote-unquote, does happen, but... Like in that process, uh, all for one just takes over Shigaraki's body, Orochimaru style, and is like, "Now you're fighting me for real, and it'll be me who's the final villain later." Hmm, yeah. And you guys, you guys could do your Dragon Ball GT right. thing and travel. Oh, let, let's <laughs> think real quick. How many things had to be resolved before this series ends? Todoroki, Not that many. the Todoroki. There's, there's Todoroki stuff. What well, uh the like one for all his original it, like it, you gotta beat him first and it, all of his new guys every then you gotta beat Shigaraki they gotta take down all the major villains 
new characters probably because of <laughs> yeah, the, the Tartarus breakout. Because the Tartarus breakout. Stain, I feel like, is an open plot thing that they have to resolve at some point. Uh, g- gentle yeah, criminal. Definitely. Gentle criminal has to be a thing. Oh my God, Josh, how excited for you to gentle criminal to be back one day. He's going to come I can't back. fucking wait. He that has to get out happen. of that. I mean, would they have put him in maximum prison? No, he didn't go to... He didn't do... He, he didn't, didn't go to maximum OD, prison, right? I think. Yeah. Because he didn't technically do anything that crazy. So he probably... I just, don't think Gentle Criminal is going to do anything. I think his daughter is. I think his... That's not his daughter. Well, his, whatever, you know, a little girl that was with him. Nah, I think Gentle Criminal is coming back. He's going to do some cool shit. I hope... I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hope it happens. Hey. I just think it might... Yo, I think girl. he's gonna be infiltrating one for alls, uh, all for ones thing. He'll probably be that guy. What was his? Power He'll be like again? the Mr. Two. He um uh shit. He it's hard to explain. I'm, I know what it is. I remember what it was because it's one of the better fights of the entire series. Um, I think he just makes things like bouncy. You know, like he he's able to shit. Basically, Luffy's oh, the buoyancy. Yeah, the, it's a buoyancy thing. Um, Brian, can you Google what his quirk is exactly? I think it's that it's basically he can make anything buoyant. But yeah. Anyway, my Erogadamia, this is a this is a solid chapter for me. I enjoyed it, or at least the last few pages of it. I thought elasticity. There you go. <laughs> elasticity. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got to say about my hero. Uh, are you guys all set? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I hope he turns his sword into some guns. The Xbooks. Oh boy, we have. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Last week we didn't do uh, the American comics uh, for reasons, so we're gonna do a little catch up, uh, and uh, we'll probably do a bonus sode at some point this week to do the the books that came out this week. But uh, first things first. Let's start out with Inferno, number one. Inferno, the event. It's finally here. Uh, the big old event that Hickman has been building to. Uh, the supposed end of the first act of his X-Men saga. Um, so we start out kind of similar to Powers in House of X. We start off in the, um, damn, what's the name? The Arbor Magnus. I think it's called yeah. where all the uh, mutants who die are resurrected. Uh, and we see two, bu- two people come out this time, two dudes naked as hell. And it looks to be Charles Xavier and Magneto. And look, they're looking up at Emma Frost with a cerebro. Being an Omega level telepath allows you to use it. Yeah. So she says to me, my X-Men, in the same way that uh, Xavier did in the very beginning when he resurrected the mutants that went out to the Orcus station and suicide missioned the place. Uh, so that's super interesting way to start out. Good for Hickman. Um, we get a little bit of a breakdown of the Orcus space station that seems to circle the sun <laughs> at any given point. Um there's defense platforms, watchtowers, the Sentinel City, Orcus Bunker, the tep- telepathic buoy system, and the Orcus Forge, where all the Sentinels are created. Um, 
and we see the different times that the uh, mutants have invaded the Orcus stations and how they've ended. Um, it's pretty wild. Uh, and we cut back to this latest excursion into the Orcus Forge as uh, basically the members of X-Force, uh, which are Wolverine, uh, Quentin Quire, and Domino all pull up. And they are immediately attacked by Nimrod. Um, and Nimrod takes them out pretty systematically. Um, they take out Domino by taking advantage of her probability manipulation power. Uh, she gets lucked out and blown up. Not great. Uh, Quentin Quire gets killed. Um, I forget how uh, by rotating the psionic shields and phase shifts to, I guess, cut through him, like using his own psionic constructs against him and wolverine finally uh they just incinerate that guy <laughs> he's he's done so they're like wow this the the orcas people are just watching this and are like whoa so they didn't learn they, they're not learning anything they're back but they keep trying to invade but they're not really like adapting to everything we've thrown at them so far yeah, like they're not responding differently. You know, we we're responding differently, but they are, which is kind of key here because it's not like they're doing the same exact thing every time. Um, but they aren't like you're saying they're losing in similar ways. Yeah, they're not making like super active efforts to counter um, what's going on here. Uh, so. Yeah, they basically come to the conclusion that like if they're not learning, it must be because the mutants don't know what happens after they get here. Uh, they don't remember. And the I forget her name, but cause she doesn't come up often. But one of the uh, Orcus uh, warrior people are like, no, not entirely. Someone remembers. It's why they keep coming. And I wonder what that means. Mm. Well, I, th- I think she's referencing Moira. Yeah, I think like they're referencing Moira for sure. Um, but in any case, we cut over to. Oh, and that's the Omega Sentinel uh, lady. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, and basically, the next few pages are a replay, basically, of Moira's third life, where she is attacked. Well, and that's the life where she develops a cure for the mutant gene, and uh, she's basically celebrating with her homies. And that's when Destiny and Mystique pull up and be like, you're a traitor to your people. <laughs> and we know what you're about. <laughs> so, yeah, you fucking, fucking poser. <laughs> you fucking poser. You think you could just fucking do this? Uh, it, it's really funny. So, you know, they ba- it's, it's basically a cut. I don't think anything new is very much revealed from these pages so. on their own. I feel like we know all this information. It's just basically a replay um and that's when we cut over to moira's 10th life which is her current life right now uh the life she's living uh in in uh krakoa um and she's just traveling she seems to be able to travel to different places uh and and fuck around in the in the real world which is i guess interesting uh, in the meantime, we cut over to these uh, the shield guy, just kind of making like talking with the these aim agents as well. I guess they're working together uh, to like with Orcus for some reason, which is weird. Why is Shield working with Orcus? 
Uh, well, I don't think all of Shield. Just some of the members. I think it's just like people, like your organizations that that they recruited them from. Yeah, all working together with Orcus, and some of them are probably still working at the other places. I would imagine that anybody that is still currently working at Shield, um, which isn't it not around anymore in the current Marvel universe. That's what I thought. Huh? That's what I thought. Right. So like. But even so, even if it was still operating, they're probably double agents. They're obviously bad people. And yeah. nobody in S.H.I.E.L.D. would, would agree with the extermination of mutants. Yeah. My, I would agree. I would, I would assume so. Same with S.W.O.R.D., right? Yeah, basically. Um, I think it was just to represent, like, the diversity in their hires or just, you know, where they're hiring. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the Hickman thing. Yeah, Hickman I think stuff. it was a Hickman thing. Yeah. Um. So I guess like we cut over to this inner lab where these literal genius apes are like talking about how they've been aggressively mapping uh, the different gates of Krakoa that have been springing up. Uh, and they call up the the horticulture ladies uh, to complain about this code that they seem to believe that is not working. Um, it helps them track the Krakoa gates, like the the traffic between them. Yeah, and these ladies are like, "No, it works. You're just doing it wrong, basically." Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, y'all just fucking stupid. Yeah, you guys are dumb. And, fucking dumb. Yeah. Hey, give us your data, <laughs> and we'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Stupid. 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 And she's like. Ah, no, I know what the problem is. All right, so our code works. You guys like, are fucking retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Oh, the R word is bad. Sorry, no, sorry, it's okay, sorry. Bud. It, hey, 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 hey. It happens. It happens. It's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. She basically explains is that, look, the code works technically. It's just that there are multiple frequencies um, because that's not, there's not one gateway in that building. There are two. Same location, different floors. Um, I don't know what this means, really. but <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not really sure where they're talking about specifically. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really what they're... They say they're in Terra Verde, which is like where the X-Force went and planted their weird telephonic, telephoronic things, right? Uh, I'm about to find out right now. Why don't you continue? Yeah. In any case, uh, you know, the X, uh, the X Factor seems to be like watching the Orcus watch them. Basically, um, they're they're basically spying on each other this entire time. And meanwhile, uh, in Moira's no place, uh, Xavier and Magneto show up to be pretentious assholes at Moira but also ask her for help at the same time. Um, she's basically pissed because they inform her that Nimrod is back and he may just be an inevitability. Um, and Moira's like, well, that's because you guys haven't been listening to me. Like, I'm the most important person, the biggest piece to this puzzle, and you guys, like, just hide me here and you don't ask me things and you ignore my fucking advice. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we deserve this, but you know what? Who cares? We'll figure it out. Uh, I think Magneto suggests that in every reality, like Nimrod kills us, right? And the only thing we really haven't tried is being friends with Nimrod, like allying ourselves with Nimrod. 
And at that point, I was like, hmm, that's an interesting angle. I wonder what will come from it. And, um, yeah, basically, like, they let something slip, and Moira picks up on the fact that they've been, like, watching her somehow as she's been traveling yeah. around. And is like, do you have me followed? And is like, don't be ridiculous. Of course not. We just bugged you. and they're like when don't be ridiculous he's like when did you do that and he's like uh it was the day we arrived for the first time here and you know it was before the first quiet council meeting the first thing we did first order of business is to to, uh, give you a weird tracker thing in your tea and you drank the tracker in this tea and then we've been tracking you and that's what we've been doing and i'm like god damn it you guys are dicks it's just a roundabout way of how they go about it. Just like, oh, you know, we did it all secretly and shady, <laughs> like we like to do. Like we like to do. <laughs> Professor X, of course, as well. As we do. No doubt about it. I don't even think Eric is that shysty and sinister, because he's more upfront in your face about it. It's really Charles that's the roundabout, sneaky guy. Yeah, yeah. At least Magneto is real about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's up front about his shyst. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting because, like, Moira is immediately like, well, now that Nimrod's just back, um, we're we're up against the clock now, and it will be more and more difficult. Uh, like One Piece. To, <laughs> to, um, to execute a survival plan. But that only works if we're actually getting stronger, which brings us back to Destiny. And basically, she just demands that Destiny's entire... Uh, chance of resurrection. All of her data is erased from Cerebro. Um, and uh, they're like, wait, but Mystique will. And Moira says, we'll have to be removed from a position of power because fuck her. She also attacked me back in my third life. Uh, <laughs> don't like her. I don't like her. I don't like Destiny. Eliminate their fucking existences. Any chance. Um, yeah, so what, Maggie? Uh, this she's giving you a problem. Delete her. <laughs> Don't bring her back. Just get rid what of her. What's the fucking problem? Yeah. Who gives a fuck about her? <laughs> yeah, I Mo- don't. Moira hate like was just traumatized by destiny so bad that she doesn't allow Ooh, yes. any mutants that can see the future on Krakow. They're the only type of mutants that are not allowed to even oh. live. Christian, I have thoughts that we're gonna wait till after the comic. <laughs> All right, bud. Your boy took notes. Yeah. <laughs> Your boy took some notes. Let's go notes, Josh. Just a little bit. Though, a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm hyping it up. I just have some thoughts. Joshy notes. Uh. Okay, it's funny. He's like. Magneto, I, I do want to like emphasize this point where Magneto's like erased. Is that what you want? And Moira says, "Yes, erased. <laughs> yes, eliminate her." So Magneto pulls up uh, to this secret weird squid layer, <laughs> and uh, remember? Oh, I don't know. Does this have something to do with uh, that 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 giant size Magneto issue? I'm not sure. Maybe. Remember, you got that key. You're that right. Key from the, from the yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. 
That's right. I don't know if this has anything to do with that, but that was in my mind when I seen this. Well, I think this has to do that there are several like backups of Cerebro everywhere. Yeah. So they yeah, have to go to, to they have to go it. to each Cerebro and eliminate her from every Cerebro. Um they go to Mr. Sinister and pick up I guess her weird DNA, her destiny DNA. Um so they're they're really covering their bases here. They really want to eliminate Destiny forever. Um so, you know, Xavier's like, we'll do it as a symbol of our good faith, a symbol of our realignment. You know, we'll get it, we'll carry out your petty tasks. Um And now we cut over to Cypher, who's just getting ready, getting up from uh f- from Slep. He was sleeping with his wife, who he has a wife now for some reason. Uh Bay the Blood Moon. And uh, very scary. Very scary. Uh, Very much on the scary side. So scary that Warlock has to take full form and be like, I'm afraid. She scares me. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I guess uh, Doug Friend uh, starts talking to Krakoa, as he does every day. Just, you know, having a little convo with the the island, seeing what's going on as he is the voice of Krakoa. Doug Amigo. Yeah, Doug Amigo. Uh, and we cut over to the council, who's all chilling together um, as they are seemingly crowning a new uh, captain of their, I guess, X-Men or I guess their, I guess their military, so to speak. And it's Bishop. Bishop is now on the same level uh, as uh, Magic and Cyclops, uh, which means I wonder if he's going to be part of the Marauders now as a result. He can't be a captain and a part of the Marauders. Interesting. He has to be promoted to a degree, right? Maybe, but this is a cool, this is a cool moment. Um, you know, it's a big old ceremony. That's kind of nice. Um, and, um, yeah, the council meeting starts, uh, starts in earnest. Uh, and Xavier starts off with this like kind of bullshitty speech, just like, well, as you know, it's a new season and, uh, we're making some changes around here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. A- and uh, Nightcrawler sees right through it. It's like, I'm confused, Professor. Are you asking for names we think should join us here or volunteers to step down? And <laughs> I, <laughs> the latter. I would love if for Xavier's like, eh, you said it, not me. You know? Since you brought hey, it up, you know what? Isn't that crazy? I think Mystique should step down. Kurt, you're right. Mystique should I think you down. worked really hard, and it's time for you to take a vacation. Permanently. You're fired. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's basically... And, man, this is crazy. Before Xavier can uh, finish his old spiel, his old salesman pitch about the uh, people stepping down from the Crack Cohen Council... Mystique gets up so happy, so fucking happy to be uh, like, you know what, Charles, you're absolutely right. I fucking love Hickman's fake people banter. <laughs> people are just being openly petty and fake. Openly petty and fake. <laughs> Hickman banter. It's the greatest thing because she's like, you know what, Xavier, I think you're right. You know, they, we do, we will need some changes. And as we know, we do have a vacant seat on the council. And I know just the mutant to bring in. And then Xavier's like, what? 
And uh, Magneto's like, surely there will be time. <laughs> surely there'll be time for that later. And she's like, nope, the time is now. I Not now. I right off- now. I offer a candidate for this council who sits in dominion of the mutant island of Krakoa. Come forward, mutant. And it's this big series of panels where people are just shocked that this is even happening because nobody has seen this character in a particularly long time. Uh, and as this happens, we see the narration of what Destiny told Mystique uh, before all of this Krakoa shit went into motion, where she says there will be an island, not the first, but the last. This place, will, this place will seem to be a hope for our kind. And when those days come, remember these words, bring me back. And if you cannot, if they will not, then burn that place to the ground. And we see what a selfish bitch. <laughs> we, yeah, I, <laughs> we actually see Sinister just like clapping, laughing. <laughs> I don't know if he knows the deal. Because but... he's a fucking traitor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he obviously knows that she doesn't want him to be here. And it's like, come on. And yo, guess who shows up? The fucking one person that would piss off Moira the most. Destiny pulls up in a seat right next to Magneto and Xavier. Oh my god. You see the reflection of Xavier. I love the little reflection you see of Magneto and Xavier in Destiny's eyes. As you know, like behind that mask, she's just like, "Mm. yeah, it's me. Uh, so you know, and I know everything that's gonna happen later. So yeah, yeah. And I knew that you guys were being shady and not resurrecting me on purpose because of that. Yeah, I knew because of that bitch Moira. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna check her later. Don't worry about that. Ooh, I'm gonna slap the shit out of Moira. <laughs> I told her. Yeah, yeah. I got words. I got words for her later. I'm gonna address that. Yeah, I told her not to play games with me. I will always be here to check her. Always. Uh, man. Uh, okay, so what are your thoughts, Josh? I know you have a lot to get off your chest, I guess. But I Okay, just a couple things. Well, do you, do you have... I'd rather you say your words first. Yeah, yeah. I'm rolling up. So. Yeah, go for it. Go um, okay, so <laughs> I actually... I did enjoy this chapter quite a, this issue quite a bit. I thought this was a really fun opener. For yeah. uh, for the Inferno chapter, I I guess like very similar to my hero, the last couple of pages really re- like drove it home. Uh, where I was like, oh hell yeah, dude, this is very Hickmanian. <laughs> Yo, yeah, he he got straight to the fucking point. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, okay, so this is really kind of like um, this might be this series might be the last we see of Hickman on X Men for a while now, um, and. I'm very excited for it. Uh, I I don't really have a ton of complaints. Uh, it does feel. Do you it, have any criticisms at all? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my criticisms were mainly yours because we we've talked about it a little bit before the pod. So I'm gonna let you like uh, articulate them. But I guess I'll talk on other things. I think uh, they're setting up a couple of uh, interesting things. I can't help but think that Bishop becoming a captain will be somewhat important. I, I feel like they wouldn't put that in. In this comic and not just the fucking, I don't know, something else. Maybe. Like a pre, like a regular X-Men comic or something. 
Maybe. I mean, both, probably. It just was weird, in my opinion. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe it just shows the, you know, the kind of uh, division, like, of, uh, like, oh, this is what Krakoa is on its face. But then there's the underlying thing of the shit that's going on with Destiny to contrast oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. But I don't know. I feel like there's a purpose to that. Uh this this was a pretty big deal in terms of like how much time it took in the issue. So maybe there's something to this beyond that, you know, changing the status quo for Bishop. Um but I thought that moment was kind of cool. I think definitely something's going to go happen with Doug Friend. Um Krakow is going to start spilling some tea, so to speak. Yeah, Krakow is sentient. So and it's I think it's omnipotent within itself, right? Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say so. Krakoa knows some things. They're about to have a discussion, right? Before they even have this meeting. Is Doug there at the meeting, by the way? I don't think so, actually. <clears throat> okay. Uh, one thing I want. All right. So, before I get into what I really want to talk about, just a few, uh, few little things. So, this is a criticism I have about the way Inferno is being executed and the timing of it based off of this clue, right? We, I already know, like, Mystique brought Destiny back and she was able to bring her back because she used the Cerebro somehow, some way to use some whatever way. memory was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, obviously that could, I could be wrong, but like, I put two and two together because the Cerebro was missing. From um, in in the trial of Magneto, I really thought that this is. I, I think this is being handled really sloppily, and like and like, I think I, this is what she was alluding to. Like, I think that there's like a huge disconnect here between like what, what's supposed to be such a major central event, but it's going to be a few issues, and the other series has time to kind of catch up, I guess. So, um, I'm not going to allow that to really make me be that upset about it. I just want to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, another, oh, I guess another criticism I had, and I want to know how you feel about this too, bro. Um, when they showed X Force going to the Forge, right? That's what it's called, mm-hmm. the Orcus Forge, right? I would have liked to see a few of those, like, I, I don't know, I just feel like I would have liked to see some of that fleshed out, like, in the actual X Force comics, or uh, at least one issue where they had pulled up and tried, you know what I'm saying, tried a few times, showed them dying. I thought it would have been really cool to kind of, like, lead into Inferno and maybe sell the desperation of just how, like, serious it is. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cool, but um, whatever. That's just a thought. So, okay, now we get to what I really want to talk about. Okay. I think there's a there's there's a reason uh, Hickman brought us back to what happened between Destiny and and Moira, right? And I don't think it's about the specific interaction. I'm what I'm really interested in was what they came there for in the first place, right? In that life, she was fighting to get rid of the mutant gene. Obviously, not for everyone, but you know, she was of she had thought that, you know, that was a solution for a better world, you know? And it wasn't until Destiny pressed her, her Destiny and, and um, Mystique pressed her that, like, she changed the tune and thought, okay, let me side with the mutants. Yeah. 
right? Now, the last we know was that before she entered this life, what we're assuming is the next life that the one we're viewing, the 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 post human told like had a conversation with her and Wolverine was there and he said like I know who you are I'm gonna kill you know you need you need to he knows he knows that she's gonna go back to reset everything and, and it would I would assume that like he wouldn't want the mutants to win so that's probably why he's been holding up in the first place I guess maybe it was a desperation but they could have made a deal this could this could be a situation where, you know, she's ultimately working for the machine, you know, or just against the mutants at some point and has to set it up in such a way that maybe humanity doesn't end in a fight with against the mutants, you know, or it doesn't get to a point where, you know, where the phalanx come and destroy everything. I think there's, I think we have to really entertain that. Even if it's not the plan, she could be feeling a way towards it. After what, you know, the things that's happened with Nimrod coming back online, you know, um, Magneto and, and, and Xavier not really following all her rules and, and, and plans. And now with Destiny being back, mm-hmm. I think. And then I guess the cherry on top for all of this is that on the actual cover of Inferno, we see her standing with everybody else down. Yeah. I know that these are usually red herrings. But for a series that hasn't really shown Moira much at all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then for this to be a tease, I don't think anyone seriously thought that Moira was going to take out all these councilmen and that, or that would be the point of Inferno. I think it's foreshadowing. It's a setup. You and think? those are all of my thoughts, man. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, when you say, like, she made a deal with, like, you saying that she made a deal with the posthumans? Luke guy. Because remember, they talk. And which you guy? know how Hickman is. Huh? Oh, the... That, that blue person. Blue person. Because I was just reading Powers and, and House of X. And so I had, like, basically, like, seeing the conversation they had. There wasn't... It's, I mean, they didn't say anything that would, that would make you believe that, oh, like, Moira made a plan with him. That's not like that. That didn't happen. But you would just imagine for a super-duper smart post-human to know what she's about, N- know that she's on the side of mutants, and then still say, okay, well, mutants, take it, mutants possibly taking over again is better than the phalanx consuming us. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely more to Moira than meets the eye somehow. And it, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Moira was this entire time just kind of like aiming to get rid of mutants still just in a more secretive way, not necessarily in the way that there's a cure for mutantdom, but you know, she's just been doing this sly shit and it's just never worked out every time. And this is just like another instance of that. Oh, you think all those years, like every single time it was her just being a double agent. Maybe. Maybe because but like, the, but the, no, but the mutants lose all those years. Sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. That, I guess that's like just an idea I was entertaining because I think it goes to show that like the life where that she turns around is her most traumatic life. And right. it wasn't that she was convinced because 
she believed she wasn't convinced that mutants shouldn't be cured or whatever. She was forced into this by Destiny basically saying, I'm keeping you in check forever. Like you're never you're not gonna get be able to get rid of mutants this way because I'll always see it coming. So I don't know. I could be wrong about that for sure, but I think there's something to be said about Moira being kind of shady. <laughs> This is what gives me hope for the event. There's so much we don't know, and that was held back oh, yeah. during the regular series. So there's a lot to play around with. Yeah, and I think a lot, a lot of people on YouTube are just, you know, a lot of their theories is is grounded, you know. Yeah, based on what's been shown. But just because he, just because you know, someone might introduce new content into the situation doesn't mean it won't be good or executed well. So yeah, let's see. Yeah, I don't know where this is going to go. I honestly don't. Um, I don't know how Destiny was brought back. It may not be as simple as Cerebro because how would Mystique use it? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I it'd mean, be very inter- maybe Emma they Frost don't have did. The ionospheric. Wow. Ionospheric bandwidth generator. Then yeah, they don't have it anymore, man. So I think the mutants are really out of loss. No, that that definitely. Has, throws a hit on them but yeah maybe emma frost did it i mean she can use a cerebro and i think that the reason they showed this part is to not only say not only to say that xavier and magneto die somewhere in this event but to also reveal that emma frost can use it if she wants to so maybe she she had a hand in bringing back destiny maybe that would be interesting yeah um, but yeah, too little information and I'm not, I'm not smarter than Hickman at all. So I can't, oh, I can't no. outthink him. No, I don't think any of us are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Inferno is pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited to see, um, where it goes. Uh, I, it was a fun read nonetheless. Uh, I'll, I'll say that I, I love reading Hickman might be the best writer of dialogue in American comics. I really do enjoy reading his words, um, uh, more than anybody else. Yes, he is. He is supreme when it comes to openly petty and fake banter. Yes, here for it all the time. I I rub my hands together whenever I see it. I'm just like, oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very nice. But anyway, uh, I'm okay to move on. Are you? Then let's go on to our next X book, Sword Number Eight. Um, last we left off, uh. Storm has become the regent of Mars, and we get uh, this issue is pretty much explaining what that means in general. Um, she's she's basically this like badass in space now. Uh, there she on Mars. There's just this Arakan lava man who's just like, "Where Storm? She's late for this battle that I've challenged <laughs> her to uh, in order to take her regency." Is she a pussy? Get down here! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everybody's like, yeah, she'll be here. Oh my god, she's in a meeting or something. Um, and that's when Storm... Did you know pussy was short for a word? What? And it doesn't actually have... Did you know that the word, like, when you call in someone pussy has nothing to do with the female anatomy? Yeah. It's short for a word in Latin. Was this short? Found that out on the internet. Puss, puss, old, puss old. Hey, uh, Brian. 
if you if if you're still there, could you look up the origin of calling someone a pussy? Is that a thing? I didn't even know that was a real thing. Oh yeah, of calling oh, someone the word pussy. pussy. Well, Brian's looking that up. Storm comes in and sneak attacks this lava man by bringing down a she blizzard on him. him. It's really like just a. It's just like you didn't have to do that. He's coming. But he like, was talking a lot of shit. Like you should have been ready. He he was there. He was ready. He was, he was ready. ready. Um. So anyway, we learn about the inner workings of the uh, Araco Council, and it's very different from. Uh, how the Krakoans run things. Uh, so in in Araco, there are nine seats of the Grand, Great Ring. Uh, they're broken up into three sections, the three seats of Dawn, where they are basically the war generals. They are deferred to in times of war. Um, there's the, sake, uh, the seat of victory. When a battle is won, the seat, this, this seat plans the next battle. And it's usually um, the the seat most consulted in times of war. And that is now being held by Iska, the unbeaten, a good person to have on that seat. Cause her power is that you cannot beat me. And that's just my power. <laughs> she cannot lose. Yeah. Uh, there is the seat of stalemate where all, not all where, uh, basically the seat of draws and, uh, the Iraq mutant known as idol sits there. Uh, there's the seat of loss, which is uh, for the dark times when you're losing a war. And who better to sit there than Tarn the Uncaring, who we recognize yeah. from Hellions. Uh, he sits there. There's the three <coughs> seats of day uh, where they are in times of peace. This is, you know, the they're deferred to currently because Araco is not at war. Uh <coughs> There's the seat above us, which is basically consulted on all the matters of heavens, whatever that means. Uh, Laktuka sits there. Um, Storm sits on the seat of all around us, which is the central seat that is consulted on all matters, uh, whether it's the land, the people, the weather. It's basically outside of Iska's seat, probably the most powerful seat there is. Um, And Storm, Storm currently sits there. In the seat of below us, consulted on the matters of deep, deep uh, Subunar sits there. And I think that's the, the, the fish guy. Yeah. Um, this is the <laughs> this is the the next three seats of the seats of the dusk, which is never deferred to as it is uh, consulted on what cannot be seen and cannot be touched. Uh, the seat of law, which is uh, held by Ora Serrata. Uh, I guess the attorney general of uh, of Araco. Uh, there's the seat of history, which is basically a historian, you know, obviously, which is Zelo, who was Stulgid, sits there. Arakan names are so weird. I don't. <laughs> uh, and finally, the seat of dreams, consulted on matters of art, poetry, and song. Uh, Lotus Logos sits there. And finally, there's the voice of Araco, which is basically the similar thing to the voice of Krakoa, where Doug Friend translates out for the rest of the mutant kind what Araco says. Uh, Red Root is the translator for this uh, for this seat. Uh, Storm pulls up to the Great Ring, and she is immediately knife tossed at, and she catches it like, "Ha ha!" 
this is a great knife. I shall keep it. And a rockin' guy is like, hmm, very well. <laughs> I hate a rockin's. They're Thank you for just... appreciating my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like that's, uh, oh, you've got to give it up. Oh, it looks like you didn't die, Storm. Well, I guess it's cool if you keep that knife I just threw at your face. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, it, like, oh, had you died, that would have meant you was weak. You were too weak to be here. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's this a sad is... attitude. And Storm's with it. Yeah, the Great Ring of Arako has shonen villain group vibes all around, uh, and you know, Tarn the NK. I guess like uh, Iska talks uh, is talking shit. He's like, "Your call here for discussion. What did you wish to discuss? With is there to be another contest today? Will there be consequences?" And Tarn is like, "Well, Oro, <laughs> will there?" And, uh, Yo. dude, Tarn, the uncaring, pretty much sticks to his name and does not, is very disrespectful, uh, <laughs> to, to Storm. Uh, he's really testing her gangster. Yeah, That's she, exactly what's going on. Yeah. She's basically there to talk to Tarn, the uncaring, about going to Krakoa and fucking up the Hellions. Uh, and Tarn's like, I. I, he said, yes, I did. And then I beat the thieves that lived there like dogs. And I would do the same again and again until I am satisfied. And um, and uh, Storm's like, that sounds like a challenge to me, Tarn. You want to go? If you like, I'll continue to lie about it. Yo. A mark of my respect for you. He's Tarn. like, you know, I genuine. Like, I'll... Like, if you want it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, don't worry. I'm going to keep doing me, but I'll try and act like I'm not. Like, to show respect to you. Yeah. To make you seem as if, to, to let you hold your, your appearances. You mm-hmm. know, he's really. Yeah. I don't understand the next page really because it looks like Storm is fighting herself somehow. I don't get it. Do you understand what he's saying here? Hold on. You remember that one page that like we suddenly cut over to Storm fighting herself, it looks like. So it's it's kind of confusing. He says, How did you get to sit here without knowing that? Oh, I just found it. Hmm. She's actually fought herself in time. I don't know. This was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know if it's supposed to be taken literally or if it's uh he does have telepathic abilities, but why would he be doing this right now? Uh, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, but anyway, uh, Storm is like, all right, let's do the challenge. And then Tarn is like, pull up. So we cut over to uh, the Circle Perilous where Tarn uh, meets up with Storm. And um, they're about to fight. And Tarn is just like, well, I guess I'll use my powers then. And basically, <laughs> Tarn has the ability to not only just remove powers, but mutate people into these weird, scary squid monsters. Yeah, idol transfiguration. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> this guy, oh my yeah. god, dude. I think Tong would, would, would destroy Shigaraki. Mahito. But it, it'd be a lit matchup. Not Shigaraki. Uh, Mahito. They look the same. What's his name? Ma- Mahito. Mahito. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he basically Mahito Storm, 
and uh, Storm just walks up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's uh, he's having a great time. Just like, yeah, I've mutated you. What are you going to do now? Uh, and Storm just walks up to him and uses the knife that was thrown at her to just stab him in the chest. And he's like, if you fucking glow your eyes, I'll just push on the knife and kill you here. And uh, Tarn is like, whatever, I can kill you with a single thought. And he's like, faster than I can stab you with a knife that's already stabbed into you. And Tarn is like, fuck. All right, I quit. <laughs> All right, I'm yeah. done. All right, chill. I you damn. How you just let her walk up to you all deformed and shit? Yeah. He's no force push or nothing. The fuck? Yeah. And then she just yanks the knife out of his chest like a dick. Like, ah! He goes, ow! Youch! Uh, and Storm just walks away just like, don't you fucking do that shit again, bitch. I'll fuck you up, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> and- I am about it. And he's like, well, you know, I, he's like, well, I'm not going to change you back. And Storm's like, whatever, dude, I'll fuck anybody up looking like this. And and Tarn's like, that's crazy. You look like a squid lady. You can't possibly mm-hmm. win another challenge. And Storm just looks back Ever. at him with crazy eyes, just like, try me, bitch. And then Tarn's like, bah, <laughs> all right, you're a crazy <laughs> lady. Yeah, morph back. Yeah. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he morphs Storm back to normal. And then he's like, "You are of Arako Wind Rider, and yeah, and perhaps yes, perhaps even Emmeth." And I'm like, "Damn, respect." And uh, the issue kind of closes with Storm's like, "These people think they're tough. Well, I'm gonna fucking play by their rules and be the toughest bitch in the goddamn land." <laughs> I did it in America. I'm gonna do it on this fucking planet too. I'm just gonna be the baddest bitch in the entire universe, and there's nobody who can stop me. Uh, pretty cool chapter overall. I enjoyed reading it. Uh, this uh, Al Ewing is, I guess, like second tier Jonathan Hickman. I he's very also good at just this petty garbage <laughs> to get petty garbage talk. Yeah, the petty squabble. You know, I had a good time reading it. Uh, it's a fun little mini chapter. I guess the next issue will be back to the story of uh, of Sword proper. As I see in the little coming soon thing, we actually see Sword uh, doing stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I thought this was a really cool issue. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, do you have any thoughts before we move onward? Uh, no. All right. Then let's move on to our final X book, Wolverine number 16. Uh, last we left off with Wolverine, he's been going through a whole uh, story arc with um, with Solemn, who's just been out there doing mischief and things. Mischief. Mischief, fucking around with pirates and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, Wolverine is finally, uh, I guess, caught up to him. They meet at a bar on Krakoa. And, uh, you know, they, t- they talk it out. Um, he basically explains that Solemn is like, 
Oh, don't worry. I've returned all the shit that I stole from you guys back here to Krakoa because I want my own little plot of land. So, you know, I'm trying to make a deal here. So, but you know that Sever guy that you've been rolling with, he's going to betray you. And Wolverine's just like, okay. He's like, why don't you double cross him and work with me? And we'll do, I think this is what they call a quadruple cross. Um, Cross. And oh, no, quadruple. Yeah, you double, double, double. Okay. I doubled the double cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, okay, but don't betray me. And Solemn's like, I won't. I hate, I hate Sever. I hate him. Why would I ever betray you for him? Yeah. Don't act across me. <laughs> yeah. Don't you goddamn octo cross me, dude. Uh, (laughs) so okay all right so they they do this whole thing where they go over to sever and uh he delivers solemn over to sever and he's like let's make our trade give me the muramasa blade uh and um sever is about to be like no problem. But I heard this thing can cut adamantium. How about we put it to the test? And he's about to use it on um, on uh, Solemn. And that's when Wolverine's like, now! And Solemn just like, later. And then he jumps off <laughs> of the ship. Uh, so, you know, quadruple. He octocrossed him. him pretty bad. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess Wolverine has to fight Sever and he just wins. He just wins pretty easily, actually. He's like, Yeah, it's Wolverine. Pretty easily to the point it's like, why didn't I just do this before? And just take the sword from him. Instead of riding sharks and planning uh, treachery with him. (laughs) Hmm. So. After that whole thing is settled, uh, Wolverine takes Sever's ship over to Emma Frost and is like, hey, uh, I heard that he destroyed your ship, so I brought you this ship. And she's like, this ship is gross. He's raggedy pirate. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this ship is gross. I don't want it. And he's like, help me out anyway. <laughs> and uh, we cut over to Black Tom, who is just taking uh, Wolverine over to this remaining piece of Arako. Uh, that was not sent over to uh, Mars, uh, which is interesting. It's a good little uh, factoid to keep in mind is not all of Arako went to Mars, but uh, it serves as this kind of terminal tie, uh, terminal area where the gate to Arako is, I guess. Yeah, the Celestial Gate. And apparently this place is where Solemn basically took over and now basically owns this plot of land. Uh, and is just having a weird orgy land here. Uh, yeah, orgy festival. Yeah, no orgy extravaganza. Um, and he's like, yeah, all the shit I stole is here, and I even have a Cerebro here. So, you know, it's pretty cool, yeah. huh? So you're going to help me. one of the dens. Yeah, you're going to help me or, or something's going to happen. And then that's when Wolverine calls in uh, Emma Frost. And he's basically like, well, good luck with that. She's a super cool psychic, and she's going to interrogate you with her mental powers. Um, And she does just that. And uh, 
because like uh he's never really had to deal with this before uh he he seems to be able to resist Emma Frost for a while but you know he's he's like eventually he's no match yeah um he doesn't have like actual real um defenses for it yeah he somehow convinced the island to insert slime into the mold of the Cerebro helmet that he had interrupting its circuitry. So, you know, at some point, Forge replaced it and fixed uh, fixed the helmet. Uh, so, I guess no harm, no foul. I guess it's like everything's back to normal, kind of. Um, I guess. And uh, Wolverine closes out the issue by saying, like, I got both the swords. Uh, here's a Japanese legend about spirits and how if you uh, forget about, if you remember them and you honor your, your, your dad in Japan, they'll protect you. But if you neglect them, they'll do you harm. And, and sometimes if you make them, uh, if you make them mad enough, they come back. She's come mm. back. And it turns out that the hands new bride, new hell bride, whose husband she killed, he killed at the altar Oh yeah, when before X of Swords, when they were, I guess, like right. the hand. So yeah, she's getting the swords. Yeah, she's super pissed, and she's coming for him, which is interesting because the hand has something to do with Daredevil right now. Yeah, I remember before we was wondering if those things are linked. Yeah, I wonder. It would be really cool. It would be cool if Wolverine pulled up. That'd to, be like a dream. Yeah, if Wolverine true. pulled up to Daredevil's event and was like, "Yeah, sorry, this was kind of my fault." Um, but yeah, interesting enough issue. Uh, again, ah oh man, the next issue seems to be having that um mercenary guy back, and I'm like, oh boy, I forget his name already, but I know his face. Um, <laughs> this uh this solemn arc was a little cool. It was like probably the best Wolverine's been. Hopefully, it can keep up, kind of uh, I don't know, kind of the uh, momentum with this next coming arc, uh. We do know that this guy is working for Orcus at the moment, so maybe that'll lead to better things. Um, but I enjoyed this little solemn arc, honestly. I don't have much to say about it, um, but it except for you know it's been uh, the most worthy of being read <laughs> that Wolverine has ever been. Yeah. So fingers crossed it could keep it up. But I don't have anything else to say about the uh, X books. They were a solid bunch this week. Nothing like too crazy, except for maybe Inferno, which was a lot of fun to read for me. Um, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we move on? Nope. Then let's go. <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen. By the way, Brian, did you ever find the uh, origin of the word pussy? <laughs> um, I've just seen I've only seen stuff about referring to them as cats yeah I really don't I don't get where you were getting at with that Do you why know? don't you google up google latin word for pussy <laughs> okay okay well while you do that this is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 161 Tokyo number one colony part one um, oh Inferno was VG, VGI by the way oh is well that, I guess we should throw that in there. <laughs> Certified VGI. Anyway, Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 161. Uh, so we, we open up with two new characters. Um, there's this one lady 
and this other guy. We don't know their. We know that one. The lady's name is Amai. So they're talking to each other on a walkie-talkie, and I guess like he's like a lookout of sorts. Um, this lady yells at him for like talking back to him, uh, and he says, and then she just like turns her hair into a jet turbine. Which I guess is her cursive technique somehow. <laughs> this is some weird One Piece type power or My Hero Academia type power. It's like a, this is like one of the smile fruits that only turns you into like a quarter of the thing that you're supposed to be. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just her hair is a is a turbine. It's kind of cool because you don't have. To, I guess you don't have to worry about her hair getting caught on fire. Just her legs, maybe. I you know I I think it's funny and interesting. I just think it's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, it's the most is the least grounded power that I've ever seen off of Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay, I thought you were frozen. Yeah, I would agree. No, <laughs> you were absolutely still for a minute. I was thinking about it. Like <laughs> I was about to freeze. I was about to like uh, cut off the video. By the way, your video cut off. By the way. Yeah, I'm getting a call. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so uh, we basically see uh, Itadori and um, and uh, Megumi walking up to the to the barrier entry thing, um, and Megumi explains that they have to look out for sorcerers from a thousand years ago because somehow these people are participating uh, these Jujutsu sorcerers from forever ago. Uh, and especially since they're like fucking, they're like, this is what they live for. They loved having jujutsu battles and shit. So, you know, that may be why they entered contracts with Kenjaku. Um, so the two characters that we've seen up top are probably two of those types where they're like a hundred years old somehow and still alive and have jet turbine hair. Uh, so they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll deal with that. Um, so he knocks on the door, on the barrier, and that's when Kogane comes in and does his whole thing. It's like there's a lethal battle happening, blah, blah, blah. Are you willing to enter? Uh, Megumi and uh, Itadori just jump right through. Oh, actually, Kogane asks if they want to confront, consult the rules first. And Megumi's like, nah, we got it. We understand. Oh, and that little thing got tight. It goes. I'm like, why do you have feelings, Kogane? Yo, imagine every time an NFL ref gets like ignored from the rules, they're just like, God. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll just go away then. (laughs) You can ref your own goddamn game. (laughs) (laughs) So they go in. Uh, and it's a lot like uh, the B-Rank Wars in World Trigger where they get teleported to a random spot on the map. Uh, Itadori is just like over this building and he's just falling. Uh, we see that part of the rules is that uh, when a player passes through the calling game barrier, the game randomly transfers that player to one of the nine pre-established locations. So they might not even be in the mm. same barrier anymore. Right? What? Oh no 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 no! No, there, I think the nine okay, different locations within different the barrier. locations within the barrier. Okay, and the barrier is much larger than what the area actually appears. Yeah, 
that's another thing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, pretty Itador, interesting. Itador is falling, and this one dude is like waving one of them airplane uh, things. I don't know what they're called, um, but you get it. It's you know the thing that's like this directs the plane from the from the street level, and they're like, "Whoa, is that a player?" Um, Itador is just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And that's when we get a two-page spread of Turbine Hair Lady blasting into Itadori's ribs, knocking him through a couple buildings. Uh, and Itadori survives that because he is Itadori. No big deal, He's yeah. A tough boy. Dear boy, yeah. Oh, man, love this guy. He's so badass. He, come, he lands on his feet perfectly, and he's just ready to scrap. He's like, all right, let's do it. We in. Um, so... He says to me, this lady Amai says to me, darling, I don't know who she's talking to. Oh, I guess she's talking to that kid that was doing the guidance. But then Itadori just tosses something like a like a fastball pitch and it like gashes this lady on her side. Uh, it's with <laughs> just a rock, basically. It was just debris from a building that he in- mixed with cursed energy. Yeah, that he just like. He side Patrick Mahomes side armed. Uh, yeah. This is why I'm wearing the hat. He know this Itadori is Patrick Mahomes. Just like, uh, and this lady's side is Travis Kelsey. She caught that shit pretty bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Put it right in the bread basket. Oh, dude, and this made me laugh so fucking hard for some reason. I wasn't really expecting this to happen, but this dude pulls up from the sky and he has helicopter hair. And I don't know why, but I just burst out laughing just looking at it. Because I've seen the turbine hair lady, and I was like, that's kind of goofy. But this weird dude with the helicopter thing it just caught me off guard. Yeah, like, is that his, his hair? <laughs> I, wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting another plane person uh, or aircraft person. Um, and I, I I guess this is who she was talking to earlier. Because this dude is, is Amai's boyfriend, it looks like. Where he's like, what'd yeah. you do to my woman? <laughs> and Itadori is like, all right. I'll ask him what's going on. Um, And we cut over back to where that one kid is. um, And he's basically like, huh, I know him from somewhere. Itadori? And I'm trying to remember where this kid was. Has he shown up before? Do we know this guy? I don't remember him. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was hoping you knew yeah, I recognized like the lady from the last chapter, and I don't think that kid is a part of the occult club. Um, no, I'm not really, definitely not. Hey, Brian, do you know? Do you have? We've seen those two people before. I mean, it could recently. it could very well be that this kid is just like some guy from Itadori's past that we don't know. Maybe he's the manager, the ghost member, the ghost manager. The ghost. No, Itadori is. I don't know. Brian, uh, I don't know if you know, but if you don't, could you um look up if we're supposed to know this kid? You probably are not, from what I guess, because I didn't recognize him either when yeah. I first read it. So. Yeah. Well, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> um, meanwhile, on the ground, uh, this lady is on is on the floor, and I, I guess Megumi just immediately slapped the shit out of her. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, "Why would you do that?" And um. 
He's like, because you attacked me. He, Megumi is so annoyed <laughs> with these circumstances. Uh, Nue is flying right behind him. He comes down and says, like, I couldn't. He, yeah, even Nue can't find him. So, you know. Damn, it's pretty wild. Um, he's like, do you know a sorcerer named Higurama? And this girl is like, you think I'm going to tell you just because you beat me? Uh, and... She says, uh, hmm, Higurama's the guy with 100 points. I got it. I'll tell you, but you got to do something for me in return. And she's, uh, and she basically says, will you be my knight? And uh, Megumi is just losing patience. He's like, I'm in a fucking hurry. Just walk ahead with, walk ahead with me. Um, uh, and he's basically like, fine, I'll protect you if you're telling me the truth. But listen, you, if you're lying, you know what'll happen, right? And he thinks... Nigga said, yo, you, I'm not like Itadori. I have no qualms scoring a hundred on your head. <laughs> you know what that means? Merc City. Yeah. Body bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's catching a hot one. Megami exclusively lives in Merc City. <laughs> uh, I mean... It's his sister on the line, I guess. So he's just like, I am. Right. He's not playing any I'm games. I'm not fucking playing games. This is family. I'm not, <laughs> not playing games here. Uh, and that's where the chapter ends. Uh, we learned that the girl's name is Remy. As she says, like, stop calling me you. Call me Remy. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, entertaining enough chapter. I uh, we're, It sucks. My hero. I'm not my hero. Jujutsu Kaisen is off next week. Um, kind of Sorry. a bummer. Uh, but I thought this was like fun. I had a good, like, it's going to start, it's started getting rolling. We've seen a lot of, uh, action so far between Itadori and these folks. I like that. He's not even fucking shook with these aircraft people. No, he's like, man, that ain't nothing. I just fought the demon God himself. Yeah. Kenjaku. Kenjaku. Not afraid of helicopter, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, helicopter Henry and fucking jetpack Jesse. I'm not scared. It's pretty fast. <laughs> helicopter He's ready to scrap. That's some. That's some fucking work. Yeah. No, I like this chapter a lot. Um, I don't know. Nah, it's not my. Yeah, it's my RGC. Uh, <laughs> certified RGC. Certified Over One Piece. RGC. Certified RGC. Sure. Okay. Sure. It's the chapter that entertained me more than any other so far. I think okay. One Piece will win next week, just because of where it left oh. off. But okay. I had that a good time explained. reading it. It was a fun time. That's all it is. I had fun reading this one, and it was kind of funny in theory. Like there are these moments that made me laugh for no reason, just because I wasn't expecting the one-two punch of uh, Helicopter Henry and, uh, and Jetpack Jesse really <laughs> got me. <laughs> but I don't know. You Jedi, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have any thoughts before we move on? Uh nope. Alright. Let's uh let's move on. Undead unluck. What an awesome color page. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is cool. It, he has great color pages, honestly. I like him a lot. Um, this is Undead Unluck chapter 981, one-on-one. 
Um, last we left off, Billy and Fuko have been going off. Uh, Billy, Andy, and Fuko have been fighting each other, uh, and Fuko and Andy got the leg up on him by basically tricking him into fighting Andy alone, and Fuko is now climbing the tower on her own to take down uh, Spring. So Billy is about to go off and fight Fuko, but that's when (laughs) Andy just shoves his fingers into his skull. It's pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. He's like two knuckles deep. It's it's pretty rough. Into his eye sockets, yeah. Yeah, it's very rough. Uh, Fugo kicks over. Yeah, Fugo kicks over his sword, uh, and as they fall, they he lands directly on him and like gut checks him with the sword, and he's like, "It's one on one, undead versus undead." So he's and uh, Billy's like. I yes, I agree. Let's do that. And then he uses unbalance to bring down some buildings on Andy. Uh, Andy, of course, survives that, but it it serves to, I guess, like separate them. He pulls up his arm, and his arm is a is a tree, is a cherry tree, like a cherry blossom tree. Uh, and he's like, ah, shit, I forgot about the petals that they turn you into trees. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, his big solution is that he coats all of the petals with blood so they're not directly touching him technically because there's a coat of blood on them. And um, Billy just pulls up with a fun fact. It's like, the weight of blood makes petals fall cl- quicker. Blam! And then he like puts his fingers through his eyes like, how do you like that? Uses unstoppable to just super speed drag him across the ground with his finger still in his eyes. Oh, like the reverse flash did to the black Goku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. That shit was crazy. Yeah. Andy has lost like half of his body at this point. And then he uses the bottom half of his torso to form a sword out of his blood and cut off uh, Billy's arm. And grows the rest of himself out. Pretty cool. Um, and uh, Andy starts thinking, he's like, I, I'm starting to figure out his abilities too. Currently, the amount of abilities he can use by my count is six. He's currently using Unstoppable, Unbalance, Unmove, and Undead. And currently his own ability. Unsomething. Yeah. And there's one more ability I think he can use. He didn't use Unjustice, so Billy kind of crosses that out. Um, right. Maybe on luck. And he says, like, maybe it's this floating ability that he's using. You know, the one that allowed him oh, to, true. like, float in the air. So, you know, he's not using that as battle. Uh, so he uses, uh, now that he can't use the unmove ability, he has no way to defend himself. And he uses a big, at, he uses his great deep crimson moon slash thing. Um, but, Yeah. Yeah, that shit was awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. But unfortunately, as he moves on, he's he get he just like freezes in place. He's like, "The sensation is unmoved. How he was in my slash's range, and somehow mm-hmm. Billy counteracts it. He's just floating in the middle of the air. He says, "This was going to be the ace in my hole to subdue you while you were off guard." Um, and this is this is a pretty big this is a pretty good twist that the sixth ability is that not necessarily a floating ability at all. He says that his his sixth ability is unchange, 
which is the very first uh it was it was that one the union member yeah, that one union member had uh so that came back <laughs> that came back to bite him in the ass so you know <laughs> anything he does is considered change uh he's wrapped up in the unchanging air uh which is a pretty crazy broken ability um yeah <laughs> uh so Andy confronts it by ripping off the front side of his body super gross and is like let's bring some change Billy and I'm like sheesh yeah to to get away from his move <sighs> oh my god it's rough I don't even want to look at it anymore but that's where the chapter okay <laughs> RGC for yeah. me certified <laughs> One Piece was the run up certified but um nah man when I read this chapter I, it was such a great time and it was a dope fucking fight um I didn't think we was gonna get it already but I liked that the strategy involved and man they're so creative the way they used Andy's undead yeah. ability yeah yeah I would say it's like very Deadpool-esque you know it's very gruesome <laughs> yeah right very uh very creative in that way and Josh you're in agreement with the audience because this is the audience really good chapter. Yeah! RGC certified RGC. I forgot about certified that. RGC. Yeah, um, this wow. week was a very tight tight one. Um, My Hero Academia and One Piece were tied at, I believe, 26%. Uh, Undead Unluck won with 28% of the vote, I believe, or 31%. One of the two. Mm. Don't quote me. But one of the two. It was very close. Um, and Jujutsu Kaisen came in last at 11%. Uh, so it was kind of a tight race this week. It usually isn't. So uh, thank you guys for voting. Follow us at New Jump City on Twitter to take part in our next poll, which will be up on Sunday. Uh, and um, yeah, no, this was uh, very deserving. I thought this was a really fun chapter as well. Um, when Undead Unluck gets into its like actual battles and into how these... Um, negation abilities work off of each other it's always very interesting um and to have it uh be gina's uh technique who was like way back in the day was a nice little touch and a nice reminder of that character um and i definitely think that it's a good it's probably going to serve andy's character well to fight this particular power again because he had such a link with gina who originally had this power so you know I'm here for it. I wonder uh, if Billy has like a stockpile of uh, negation abilities that he can swap out, you know, in his like six slot of uh, negation ability stuff and also his own fucking negation, which is, I don't know, <laughs> un- not have six powers at the same time. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, talk well, about- I would, I, I, I think, I think um, the way he drew it out with uh, the revolver and there being six abilities and the fact that he uses revolvers, unless it's a red herring, I, th- I think that's what it's about. He could probably swap them out like bullets, you know, like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, you know, he could just have up to six. Yeah. And I think maybe he has to be around it or he has to see it happen. I forgot what the conditions are, but maybe that's what's being investigated, right? We don't know how he. Yeah. I mean, how could he be around it? Gina's dead. So that like takes that out a little. 
Right. So it's not about who you're around. Maybe he just he just stores them. Yeah. And he's always held that. Yeah. Pretty strong ability, honestly. Um Hell yeah. But yeah, fun ass oh, chapter. Guys, what? now for the moment of truth you've all been waiting for. Yes. <laughs> the definition of the Latin word for pussy. Oh yes. There is a word called pusillan pus. Does wherever you're not looking, does wherever you're looking at it not have like a, not have like a, does it, it doesn't, oh, does it not have a, a like a sound? Something like that. Pussinamius. Pussinamius? Okay. And it basically means preposterous balderdash. <laughs> what the balderdash? <laughs> It's crazy, like bullshit. You know, balderdash is bullshit. <laughs> Preposterous. But... Well, I guess we know what this what? episode's called. <laughs> it's Preposterous balderdash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Brian! Did you find out if we were supposed to know that kid from Jujutsu Kaisen while you're at it? Uh, I don't think so, man. That's I. Whatever. Like you, you're gonna need a name. Like I need a name. Like I don't know how I'm gonna be able to find that guy <laughs> without a name. Fair enough. Well, that's all I honestly have to say about Undead Unluck. Uh, are you all? Are you all squared up there, Josh? Yeah, man. It was fucking awesome. Agreed. Awesome fight. Oh yeah. Even more awesome than what was going on in One Piece. I didn't like. I didn't appreciate seeing Zoro getting washed. I mean, he's not getting, he, you know, it's the preliminary get washed moment before he's like, all right, yeah, no. time for me to get. But that started. doesn't give you best chapter of the week. No. The audience no. agreed. No, I agree too. Hey, best Bro, chapter of the I'm week is Zoro does his thug shit. That's how you get best chapter of the week. Zoro kicks mm. ass. But without further ado, that was Undead Unluck. And that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, you could find me at the Chris Aspinall, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37, Brian at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Follow show itself at New Jump City and take part in our weekly really good chapter of the week poll. Let your voice be heard and we will announce it on the show. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, or whatever you guys want us to talk about. We will listen, we will read, or comment on whatever video you're watching. Uh, and while you're at it, subscribe to our YouTube, uh, please. Uh, you subscribe, like, share all the videos. Uh, have fun with them. Uh, and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts if you like audio podcasts better. Uh, or if you're at work and you need a fun pod to listen to for about an hour and a half or so, uh, this one was two hours, but <laughs> you know what I meant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do that. Uh, the audio version usually comes out first. So, you know, fun times ahead. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, we'll probably be back in a few days, uh, to do the MCOM episode for the books that came out this week so uh keep uh stay tuned for that you guys and um we'll see you soon stay safe new jump citizens peace out guys thanks for listening preposterous boulder dash